Hello, and welcome to the Sexually Speaking Podcast. I'm Shannon Hammaker, and I am your host. We're going to have a lot of fun in here with guests that are going to tell the stories and share their wisdom surrounding the topic of sexuality. So sit back and relax and enjoy the conversations. All right, it's time. It's dry January for some people, so I thought it was the perfect time to talk about how wonderful sober sex can be. And I know this is contrary to belief, but when it comes to drinking alcohol, I think you might find if you look at it under a microscope, there are a lot of things that we've been told that aren't necessarily true. So I'm just going to lay out some information for you. You can kind of decide whether or not it lands and whether or not you want to implement some of this conversation in your life. But this is by far one of the best things that I have done for myself, for my marriage, and for my sex life was to decide to no longer have a relationship with alcohol. I don't mind if people do, but for me, it just muted my decision-making. It muted my sensitivity and it didn't allow me to connect as deeply as I could whenever I was intimate. So I'm going to talk about some things that are misconceptions with alcohol. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, and then I'm going to tell you how you can make sober sex the best sex by changing your mindset and trying some new things. So first, let me start when I decided to take alcohol off of my menu, so to speak. It was in 2018. I had spoken with a friend a year earlier. And she was telling me about this book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. I will link it in the show notes. And she read it and she was telling me, she said, I don't think I'm going to drink again. And I was like, what? And that just, I couldn't comprehend that because we at the time lived in a city where it was completely like surrounded by breweries and there were bike paths that would go to these breweries and everything had alcohol at it. It just was a constant in my life. So I just could not imagine that not being a part of my life. And I remember thinking, oh, she does not have a relationship like I do with it. Like I need it. And at the time, it was a coping mechanism for me, even though I didn't realize it. To me, it was something that made me have fun. It made me loosen up a little bit. So a year later, this was an accountability partner, wonderful person, Marianne. And she, after a year said, oh my gosh, it's been a year and I haven't had a drop of alcohol. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, wait, what? You actually did that? And I was finally ready to have that, that open heart space to hear about it. So I was asking her questions like, well, what do you do when you go to a party and everyone's drinking? Well, I just make a mocktail or I bring my own what do you do when you go on vacation? Don't you want to like have a drink or something? And she's like, we went on vacation and I did not realize how much we planned our, our daily activities surrounding when we could have a drink and when we were going to eat. And now that I took that off the table, it leaves so much more space for other activities. She was talking about how she remembers planning grabbing a drink, but then not wanting it to be too early so that she wasn't too tired. And then I should probably drink a glass of water afterwards. So I'm not dehydrated. And I could relate to that so much. I spent a lot of time, a lot of mind power, a lot of energy 
trying to decide when I was going to drink, what I was going to drink, how much, and then feeling guilty when I had too much. And then just the waste of energy the next day when I felt like shit. So I grabbed the book that day. I downloaded it on Audible. And by the second chapter, I pretty much had that sinking pit in my stomach. Like, oh shit, I'm not going to drink again. This is going to be interesting. Because it was exciting and liberating, but super scary at the same time. Because that's change. And change can be difficult but it can also be so rewarding. And that's what it is. That's what it's been on the other side of it. So that was in 2018. It was in October of 2018, or I'm sorry, 2017. And it's now 2021. There was about a year where I decided, you know, I think I'll reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. And I would have a glass of wine here and there. And it just didn't feel the same. It's like when when you know what you know, you make different decisions. And I just didn't feel as good. And when 2020 hit, and I think it was in June or July of that lockdown, I decided, all right, it's time. This could go a really, this could go south in a hurry. And it could be my emotional crutch again, if I don't if I'm not careful. And shortly thereafter, Steve, by his own decision, my husband, Steve decided that he was going to quit as well. And that was a big catalyst for both of us to be able to, to be more conscious and connected and having clear discussions about where we wanted to go in our relationship. Now for about two years of that, I was kind of on my own. He was still drinking every now and then, but he wasn't drinking as much. So I did not have that expectation that he would quit. This was for me. I'm not going to make him do anything, nor can I make him. So I just want to make sure I put that out there for some of you that are like, my husband would never quit. I do have some friends that they have quit, but their husbands have a different relationship and that's okay. A different relationship with alcohol. So let's talk about all the things that can benefit you in your sex life. And first, actually, I'm going to start with the things that aren't so great. And I want to start with that because it will help understand why the other things are so good. Just follow my lead. And first, let's start with the fact that I go bananas anytime I hear a woman say that she had been to her doctor and complained that sex was painful or that her libido was low. She was trying to ask for information or support in that area. And I've heard it too many times to count that they were told, just have a glass of wine and relax and it will be better. That is not the case because what actually happens is it can lower testosterone. So in people with a penis that can shrink the testicles, it can cause erectile dysfunction. It's dehydrating your entire body. So that, that makes it hard for circulation and also for vagina owners, that means that the natural lubrication could potentially be a problem. If you have, oh gosh, especially with so many other things like medications, or if you live in a dry climate like Colorado or Arizona, then you're already going to be fighting against dry skin and a dry vaginal canal. And that is no fun. So even sometimes when you think you're super excited, if you've been drinking and you're like, yes, yes. And then you go for some type of penetration and it's like, yeah, you are dehydrated. You need some water and you may just want to steer clear of the alcohol. 
Low testosterone in women can also cause some hair loss and weight gain. And for anyone, it can also have an effect on your sleep. You just don't have the quality sleep if you've been drinking. So those are some things to just like let you sit on that and think about that for a minute. Now let's talk about how it can be a positive experience when you that brain space like that has been thinking about your next drink or how you're going to arrange your schedule based around alcohol and how you're going to recover the next day. Let's take that off the table. It leaves so much more space for creativity and to try new things as long as you're open to it. So if you kind of have the mindset that you are giving yourself you're giving yourself like this new found life. It's going to be different. It's going to be a challenge. So I'm not going to paint the picture like it's super easy. Any change can be a challenge. So if you know that it's going to be a challenge, but on the other side of it, you're excited to see what your sex life looks like and how you feel more connected and you have a deeper relationship, not only with your partner, but with yourself, that can be exciting. It's like scary, exciting. But think about that for a minute. So if you are not quite ready to take alcohol off of your pregame list for being sexual, because I do, I hear this a lot, that it is a crutch for a lot of women. And when I say, have you thought about not drinking before you have sex? It's like deer in, he- deer in headlights. And so if you're in that space, maybe try to have some fun with yourself, try different toys, even like your hands in a bottle of lubricant to feel what feels good. So just feeling the sensation in your body. And this is of course sober and you will be surprised when you have that intention of finding sensation that feels good, what you will find. There's different parts of your body that are erogenous that you have no idea. They are just begging to be touched and it's your body. So you can touch them. Now, the other thing too, is just noting that your sex life is going to look different and that's okay. And you get to kind of create this whole new narrative around sex. So if you have only known the script of first we do this, then we do that. And then this happens and I grab my toy. I have an orgasm, whatever. First we go out to eat. I have at least two drinks so that I can ease up. I feel loose. I feel fun. And then we have sex then taking that away to create the new narrative will help you kind of seek out new ideas. One of the things I want to encourage you to do is check out the erotic blueprints. If you haven't watched the new Netflix series, it is called sex, love and goop. And one of the women, her name is Jaya and she has a quiz that I've posted several times in our groups and you can figure out what your kind of like your love language, what like your sex language is. How are you, how are you like, what drives your motivation? What gets you, what blows your skirt up (laughs) and what gets you excited about sex? And it could be that you are more of a sensual person. It could be that you are more of a sexual person. Just the act of sex sensual is more like foreplay slow, sensual music candles, or you could be kinky. There are a lot of people that are kinky, but they have no idea because there's some shame attached to that stigma of kinky or BDSM. And there's all kinds of different kinks. So once you start digging into different ways 
to be sexual or to have these experiences, you will find that there are different things that you can try on and that will make it a lot more fun for you to approach this without alcohol in the equation. And then the other thing is there's something called the will want won't list. And you can pull up, there's probably 500 different versions. A lot of sex coaches use this as a tool to help with communication. I would have a look at it by yourself before you throw it at your partner. I tried that once. I thought, you know, not knowing where we could go or what we could do, I pulled up this list and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this looks like fun. And so Steve and I sat down and I I started reading off all this stuff and he was just like, wait, what is this? I don't even know what that term is. So look through it first on your own and see what you get excited about and make sure that you have a foundation of communication with your partner before you just throw this stuff at them. All right. That is the lowdown on sober sex. I can't wait to hear how you implement these tools into your life. And I want to hear your success stories. Get it? Success. S-E-X. C-E-S-S. There's a link in the show notes where you can share your thoughts and ideas, or you can always DM me on Instagram at Shannon Hammaker. And I've started a new section of my podcast. It's called Ask Me Anything and Success Stories or Share Your Success. So I had someone that asked me a question and I'm so excited to to answer it for them. All right. And this goes along perfectly with what we were just talking about too. Dear Shannon, I want to try something new with my husband of nine years, but don't know how to get him to feel comfortable. I want more fun and passion, but he seems to shut down when I try something new and when I try to surprise him. Can you help me? Signed. This is so good. Spank me, Susie. (laughs) So you can make up your own names. So it's confidential. Well, spank me, Susie. I'm so glad you asked, especially since this goes right along what we just talked about. The will want won't list is super helpful to help guide you with conversation. But I just want to highlight that when your partner seems like they are shut down, surprises may not be in the cards. Not all of us love surprises. So trying to make sure that your partner has some processing time so that they you know, may have time to generate some excitement, do their own research, feel like they are mentally, physically prepared, that might help your situation, but also getting them to weigh in on things. So I would really start with that, the erotic blueprint quiz. And if they're not into the quiz, and if they really feel like they are completely shut down or disassociating from the idea, then you will definitely want to talk to a therapist to kind of see if there's something going on that's deeper so that it doesn't further build this little canyon that gets bigger and bigger because for whatever reason, like if he is holding on to something that is a negative stigma around the idea of sex, or maybe something happened that sex is bad or sex is dirty in his mind, you may want to ask for some professional advice as far as that goes. If he's like, no, I'm good. I'm ready. I want to have more fun with you. Then game on. You look at tools together and kind of see what gets him excited and just tell him that you really, from the space of, I want to be a better partner. I love being with you and I want to spend time with you. And I would love your input as to what would get you excited and having an idea 
on a weekly basis or, you know, biweekly basis of having a little sexploration time where you can try some new things. You can gather some ideas and then just see what sticks and know that it's not going to be like those crazy lovemaking, you know, scenes in the movies. You're going to fumble around a little bit, but that's okay because you're trying to find what feels good for you both and what works. So spank me, Susie. I hope this is helpful. And for the rest of you, I hope that you take some time to play as well. And if you need more resources or you would like coaching surrounding this idea of sober sex and how you can have more by drinking less, then feel free, get in touch with me and I would be happy to have that conversation with you. So until next time, I will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am not doing this alone, so I wanted to give a few shout outs. Music by Nate Kors, logo and branding by Steve Hammaker, other design work by Kitty Wolf, and edited by Natasha Rivera. Please share with your friends and be sure to follow wherever you listen to your podcast. That is super helpful to get the word out. And if you'd like to be a part of the podcast, if you want to have a conversation with me, please feel free to get in touch at Shannon Hammaker on Instagram. Until the next time, I'll bid you adieu.